All right, welcome everyone to the roundtable. And things look a little bit different today because A, there's been a coup. We have thrown Mark Arendt off the island. Uh, not true, he's actually with family and appropriately so uh, got some uh, things that, that are pressing with his family. So he's, he's not here. I took over, invited these friends to join me today. And so why don't I do this? I'm gonna start by saying Rebecca, Rebecca Johnson works with Women's Ministry, Connect Ministries, basically everything that has to do with Veritas Church, she's involved in in some way or another. Um, so Rebecca, here's what I want you to do. Introduce your friends to everybody and and uh, explain why you wanted these guys to, to join us for this little roundtable discussion. Yeah, sure. Um, well, right under me, is it the same for everyone? You're gonna quickly find out I'm not very good at Zoom. My goal is to get through quarantine and never really learn it. So at least one of these people is uh, the picture underneath me and that's uh, Emily Allgood. She is a good friend of mine and uh, plays a big role uh, in ministering to the women of Veritas. And she'll tell you a little bit more about herself. And then this is Kate Callahan. And uh, same thing about her. She has just jumped in and they're just partners in ministry with me, but also friends and um, yeah, I learn a lot from them. So I wanted to help uh, just highlight them at this round table because they have taught me a lot. And uh, I, I love their story of how they just slowly and surely stepped onto the literal stage, but also just stepped up, stepped up to serve mm -hmm. the church. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh... A lot of strength and a lot of character coming at you on this screen today. And so, um, yeah, a little intimidating to uh, be hosting you three uh, strong and godly and uh, creative women. So I'm really glad you're here. But here's what I want you to do before we start talking about kind of what you guys do together as a team. I want to hear just a little bit individually. So, Emily, I'm going to start with you. Uh, just give a quick little bio who you are, who, you know, who belongs to you and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I am Emily. I'm married to Lance, my husband. Um, we, so I moved to Iowa City for grad school just a few months after Veritas was starting and Lance had moved over with the church from Ames. And so I actually Googled churches in Iowa City and Veritas was the first one I went to. And um, never tried, never even tried other churches, which maybe wasn't good, um, but I just loved Veritas so much. So, um, so Lance and I met at church. We actually like, I don't know if anyone has heard of the show Flight of the Concords, probably not. I've mm -hmm. told Rebecca this and she just is like, no one knows what you're talking about, Emily. Um, but I do. Called... I'm the one other person in the yes. universe that knows what you're talking about right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> so there's a guy named Jermaine on that show. And... I went to church the first time and called my sister right after. And I said, Amy, there's this guy that looks just like Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. And <laughs> he does um, actually. That's and so then I married him. So, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, so anyway, we have lived here since then. We've been in Iowa City for the past 10 years or so. And um, I used to, well, I still technically am a nurse at the hospital, but very part time because we now have three children um, that are five, three, and six months. So I mostly stay home with them and pop my head into work every now and then to make sure I still know what I'm doing. And then um, my husband is an engineer now. Um, and just because of this year, sometimes is at home and sometimes is in the office. So that's kind of who we are and what, what my day looks like most weeks. So cool, cool. You're kind of a dynamic duo when it comes to ministry and just, yeah, who you guys are. So, yeah, very cool. All right, Kate, tell us about you a little bit. Yeah, um, my name's Kate, and I'm married to Sean. We've been married for five years now, um, and we came to Veritas kind of together. Um, we weren't believers before we got married, and kind of through divine intervention, met another couple who um, attended Veritas, invited us to go with them, and then did some one-on-one -on -one discipleship with us um, and kind of helped lead us to Christ. 
Um, and since then, we've had two kids. We have Isla, who's two and a half, and Ezra just turned one. And we've got another one coming, hopefully in mid-April. Uh, so we'll have three kids, three and under, and life's gonna get even crazier, but it'll be fun. Um, and yeah, I also work PRN as a nurse at the Children's Hospital. So I go in about twice a month and pretend I know what I'm still doing. <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the time I'm home with my kids. And uh, Sean and Lance actually work as engineers at the same company. So uh, he's been working mostly at home since March, which has been a nice blessing actually. So he's upstairs wrangling the animals if you can hear all the stuff <laughs> i was gonna ask i hear something in the background i yeah. don't know which household that's coming yeah, from it's mine. we really yeah. shouldn't even we shouldn't even blink if there's crying or yelling in the background unless right. it's my house that'd be weird Pretty, we yeah <laughs> then maybe you know we should pull Matt on like, it'll be mad it'll be mad crying in the background yeah Kate, I still remember meeting Isla the first time. Well, the first time we ever actually sat down all together and yeah. my mom's best friend, my mom's 94. Her friend was a few years older than her. She had just passed away. Dear, dear, dear family friend forever and ever. Don't have a memory really of growing up without Isla around. She had just passed away. And then within like days, I met you and little Isla. And I just felt like there's a new Isla in my life. I love that, you know, because I just have nothing but incredible memories of this just wonderful woman, uh, Isla. So anyway, yeah, yeah, she'll always be kind of a namesake in my mind. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, I kind of passed over letting you introduce even uh, your family a little bit and all that. So you want to jump in there yeah. and tell us? And then I've got another question for you guys. Yeah, the, the quick on me is that I'm married to Matt. I think we're at like 14 or 15 years. I'm actually really bad at remembering that. But um, and we also have three kids, uh, three boys. And uh, what I have in common with these ladies is that I'm also a nurse by trade. So I kind of forget that until we're all sitting here together in this Brady Brunch setup to remember, <laughs> I must have a type that I like to work with. <laughs> um, so yeah, I <laughs> stepped out. I kind of overlapped full-time ministry and nursing. I, I made it about two and a half years before I whittled down to such part-time that I had no idea what I was doing. So um, yeah, stepped out for now, but definitely loved the only thing i could love more than nursing is full-time ministry so i've been working at veritas mm. wow. for i guess five years and um yeah that's part of what we want to do with this zoom is just tell the story of god's faithfulness as um yep. we kind of look back at how women's ministry evolved and um yeah how it is a yeah. space and i want to i want to hear that i want to hear that but i also as part of the kind of the building blocks of of what has made you who you guys are, and then eventually brought you guys together to, to form a team together. Who are some of those voices, though, that you feel like were really influential, kind of have mentored you and established who you are in your walk with Christ? So whether a person or even just somebody you never met because of their writings, maybe, or whatever, you know, so in other words, for like me, key influences early on were people like Elizabeth Elliot, John MacArthur, these different people that were voices immediately. And it, oh, kind of shaped who I am, like a baby bird imprinting, you know, and, and being forever shaped. Who, even the 30 second version, so I'm gonna start with you again, Emily. Who, who are some of those influences that you feel like have really helped shape who you are? Yeah, um, the first thing that pops to mind is um, maybe not what you'd expect, but my mom's small group or like what they would, would have called connection groups. Um, she had the same one throughout my entire childhood and I feel like they truly showed me what, what it looks like to live like Christ hands-on, like real life stuff. Wow. Um, and so that is the first thing that comes to mind. And then, you know, there's specific people or like couples or families in that, in that group that even today, um, I remember when Lance and I were first married and like, just my parents were not married. And so I just didn't really have a framework for what marriage was supposed to look like other than what I was just told. And um, so I would run to them 
a couple times and sit down with them as mentors to me. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, I, I could talk on that forever, so I won't get into details, but just they were they were like family and mentors to me throughout my whole life. So that's who I think of. That's awesome. Because I mean, that's the biblical idea and that's going to be eventually a segue into what we're talking about is like, that's part of what you want in God's church, right? Is older teaching the younger, whether it's older men with younger men, older women with younger, like having those people who are several steps ahead of you and just reaching back, you know, throwing the lifeline every now and then kind of showing the way to go. So, wow, that's, mm -hmm. that's actually very cool that you would count them as a huge influence like that. So yeah, cool. Kate, how about you? Yeah. Um, I felt like when I was thinking about this answer, I felt like I should name someone like RC Sproul or Wayne Grudem, like some really <laughs> old wise man. And that just isn't who I feel like has influenced me the most. I mean, the first person that came to mind would be Jen Wilkin, um, which I think is greatly inspired by Rebecca because she um, uses a lot Wait, of the I, same techniques. I inspired Jen Wilkin. Is that what you just said? I inspired her. I, I, I don't know where you got that info. Not, not quite. That's what I've heard. That's the rumor on the street. She, she just attributes everything to Rebecca Johnson. That's yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, but just like, that was the first time that I ever learned, not only that it's important to study the Bible and not just go to it to feel good about yourself, but also how to read the Bible and to like actually break the text down and figure out what it's saying and more than just Googling for Bible quotes that make me feel good in whatever moment that I'm living in. Mm. Um, and then I think like practically there's um, a couple of girls that have a podcast called Risen Motherhood and they have written a book based on that. And it's just really good, like boots on the ground, how to apply the gospel in everyday life, um, which has been really big for me. Just in, you know, you hear people say to preach the gospel to yourself every day. And I didn't understand like what that really meant or how to do it. And they just give really practical wisdom on how to actually preach the gospel to yourself every single day in whatever mundane or big moments that you're experiencing in your life. So. Mm. That's awesome. Rebecca, who would you say? I mean, I know you've mentored Jen Wilkin, but on the other <laughs> side of that, <laughs> no, seriously, what, who, who would you say were big influences? Oh man. Um, well, number one would would be my parents and in a fun way that they, my, my dad is the discipline and my mom is the party. You put those two things together in the right balance and, and, and it's a pretty good life. Uh, but as far as like uh, specifically with women's ministry and Bible literacy um, would actually be our pastor's wife um, from the church we attended in Colorado. That was the first time that I saw um, like line by line Bible study that wasn't from the store. Like we weren't doing these popular um, you know, marketed Bible studies. They were really, the papers were really bland and, and pretty, I don't know. It was so wonderfully dry and systematic. And, um, I, yeah, her name's Jane Romberger and she just really taught me to take the study of God's word seriously and then not miss application. She really feared, mm. she really fears the Lord. And so she was a big one. And then when we moved to Iowa, uh, absolutely. Jen Wilkin just took over. So when we moved back here, um, Jen Wilkin had just published uh, Women of the Word. And I happened to see her live before she was really famous. So God was good because I, I started my job at Veritas pretty much the same semester that that book came out. And I, and I, I'm so glad I've been able to actually tell her this, that that gave us tracks to run on as a, as a young ministry. Um, so yeah, that was, that was super helpful. Um, so I, I pretty much just jumped into the deep end with her and then soon after kind of added in Nancy Guthrie. So you could see like the three of us like swimming in the deep end together with our Bibles. That's the image I have right now. So, um, yeah, so Jen really was like, 
<clears throat> oh, sorry. I was just going to say you, that really has marked you. I mean, that's, you're repeating that now in the way that you lead out with the women as well. That, that same pattern of, man, let's, let's get these women into the scriptures. Let's make sure that it's, you know, like you said, we, you're not afraid to have the women jump into the deep end and kind of face the truth of God and then figure that out. I just love that, that you're not trying to spoon feed, I guess. You're not trying to, um, I don't know, follow more of a marketing trend of what would feel good or whatever. You're, you're actually trying to really take a dive into the, the scriptures. Yeah. So let, let me do this. Okay, so Kate, I'm gonna come back to you and I'm gonna ask you, what do you think Emily brings to the table <laughs> as you guys, you know what I mean? As you guys form a team and as you guys think through what plurality looks like, as you're thinking through, you know, you keep one eye on the Bible and what the Bible's teaching. And then you got another eye on the women of Veritas and what, what they need and where they're at spiritually. How, what does Emily bring to the table to help you guys as you collaborate on, on this? What do you think? Yeah. Um, I just really appreciate Emily's perspectives. Um, and how she can really tie the Bible, which, you know, the world will tell us is a very outdated book and we can't apply it to modern day life. And yet, I mean, the first time I heard Emily talk was how, um, like the story of Jonah had applied to her life personally. And it just was a really, I mean, it was a really good way for me to see like, wow, like this story that seems fairy tale like I mean, look at it being played out in a real person's life and how they've overcome so many trials with their family and how they can now share those with the world and teach the gospel at the same time was just hmm. really inspiring. Hmm. That's cool. Okay, Emily, I'm going to give you the same shot. What, what does Kate bring to the table that, that you find really important as you guys team up together? Yeah, I would, I would say just right off the bat, I mean, you, you said, Kate, you know, that you and Sean um, are a few years into to walking with Christ. And I think that that's so necessary at the table to have just such a fresh, excited, um, jump right in sort of attitude and, and viewpoint on everything. And I think sometimes, you know, we can get our heads like so far down the road into something. And then we need you to be like, actually, it's just pretty simple. Let's, let's come back up here. Let's, let's widen a little bit again. And it's so necessary. And that's been a breath of fresh air, I think for the women's ministry and just personally too. Um, so I love that no matter kind of where everyone's at in the journey, we all need each other. And so that's, I'm so glad that you guys are, are jumping in and, and, um, confident in who you are and what God has given you to share. Cause it's needed for sure. And it's, man, it's, I think it's a rare thing when you really do sense that teamwork, that camaraderie. I mean, you'd think it'd be so natural because there's so much about it in the Bible. You know what I mean? Like we are to be a community. We are to share with one another. We, we are really to believe that others are more important than ourselves. But when it comes to Christian leadership, often we find uh, people kind of in isolation teaching or in isolation leading. And, and there's a pretty small circle around them. So when you find this kind of thing that I'm looking at on my screen, you three really, truly leaning into each other, collaborating together, deferring to each other. It's a gift, right? I mean, that's, that's a cool thing. And I think it sets a pace for everybody that's following you guys. So, so Rebecca, I'm going to talk to you now. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, what were you going to say? Well, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, as the leader of like, it's been entrusted to you, right. To, to lead women's ministry, in some ways, it'd be easier, right? Just to go sit in a room somewhere in a library or something and just pump out the material. It's harder to constantly defer and work with and collaborate with. So Rebecca, what drives you to want 
to do this and work in a team and let other people contribute and teach. And yeah. what what drives you to have like these other women and others I know that aren't in the screen as well. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But first I just gotta, I just gotta embarrass you and say that when you're interviewing a group of women and women are watching and you use the phrase pump it out, we all think something different, <laughs> especially when the room is full of uh, <laughs> nursing moms just had, I don't know. I mean, probably don't get embarrassed very often on the round table. This and is, I just feel like it's my duty. You said I've been I impressed. Okay. I, I don't know if red, I don't know if the color red comes through my screen, but I feel how red my face is. I right mean, yeah. Okay. Anyway, your question was, oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I forgot my question. <laughs> um, one thing that I did, I was so excited to talk about here is like, so Emily and Kate are here and they are, are great assets to the women's ministry team. And when I say team, actually, I love to keep that as unofficial as possible because um, then it's allowed to kind of evolve or even change because I find that women even more so, maybe the men, their lights are changing all the time based on the age of, of their kids, if they have kids, you know? And so like um, last study, I didn't even ask Emily to teach. Is that the right one? Because of when she was going to have Willa or whatever, you know? And if Kate wasn't constantly pregnant, I would probably give her a semester off, but I can't because she's <laughs> pregnant. So, <clears throat> no, just kidding. Um, okay, but I did want to actually say, and these girls are totally going to agree, that there's multiple women that actually came up and, and helped me before the, these two even came on the scene. You know, Alex Isaacson, is um, one of the brightest biblical minds in our church. Uh, she's a doc, she's a third year resident, um, and doesn't have the flexibility to just hop on a Zoom. But she was one of the first people to take a rep for me, like just gave me a night off at Bible study um, early, early on and, and taught for me. She's gonna teach in three weeks on our current study on Mark, but she is just so focused on pleasing the Lord and doesn't want any attention for it. And um, and it's it's really sanctifying for me. She's worked on every single study with me hmm. since 2000, I don't even know, like almost, yeah. I think, I, I don't know that she helped with the very first one. And then I realized, this isn't very good. I should get some help. And so I pulled Alex in. Um, <clears throat> and we've had other women teach as well, but another one that has, that teaches when we have summer studies is crystal johnson and i mean she's got a reputation at veritas as being just one of the clearest pure teachers like her gifting is clearly to teach and the fun thing is she's actually um my first graders kindergarten what grade is maxon <laughs> he's my youngest second. He's, second. he's really cute I thought, I thought one of you would answer for me she she teaches my youngest um, at school. So that's fun, you know. Um, but Katie Paulson has taught, Carrie Dermody has taught. Um, yeah, we just... Why do you do that, though? I mean, why do you do that? Because so by the time it, you are, one, these studies, if, if anybody's listening in that is not already familiar with the Bible studies that that Rebecca is able to, to author and collaborate on, they are incredible. And uh, as is your custom, you dutifully... <laughs> for some reason, let me take a look at them before they go on. And the whole time I'm reading them page by page, I'm like, what would I possibly add to this or edit in this? Because they're just such strong, great studies. But, um, but again, um, the question, why do you, why do you do it this way? Why, why not yeah. just go away for a week and take a bunch of books and, you know, come out the other end with a study all completed? Why, mm -hmm. why do you yeah. do what you do? Yeah. I mean, what's the point of knowing the Bible if we don't um, share it with others and apply it and how we treat one another and how we help one another and lead them? Um, so I have found, you know, it wasn't really my plan to um, form a little collaboration team, if you will. But I quickly saw myself going down a, a very fleshly path where it was going to become the Rebecca show. And to be honest, that is the most natural bend for me away from goodness, away from humility and towards attention. And I've walked that road before and it didn't end well because God so loved me that he 
he disciplined me and, and helped me turn away from that. I also think that that is um, unfortunately a tendency in women's ministry that everyone um, just wants to follow one person, even just like nationally, like people just pick one woman and um, follow her. And, and that just doesn't seem super healthy. So uh, speaking of fangirling, so since I fangirled Jen, Jen Wilkins, she would say, you know, use video teachings at the beginning if you have to, you know, she's like, but don't keep me on the screen for very long. Meaning like get it to a point where you teach, you have live teachings in the local church. So I just found that when um, the more, a little bit more each year, but the more women I had working on the studies with me or taking a week of teaching, and here's the kicker, out teaching me, the more joy I felt. Hmm. I just felt, I felt the Lord's presence hemming me in and keeping me protected from my own self. And I felt this joy of watching other people find their gifts and, and emerge in that. I mean, yeah. So I, I'm actually not, I'm really, I'm not being humble. I'm not the best teacher that teaches Veritas women. And the miracle of all miracles is that I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I would say actually probably both of these girls are more of like pure teachers than me. Um, I just want to party. I just want to like hang out with all the women in the room and talk about the Bible. But um, okay, it's all I have I have heard though the rumor on the on the street is that in the Google Doc that you send out for these guys to contribute in, some of the kind of feistiest, snarkiest little comments come from Kate. Is this true? Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. the rumor on the street. I mean, I'm just saying that's, that's she brings a little party to the to the game as well. Is this is this I've true? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is worth me sharing. I have it memorized, so I probably don't even need to look at it, but, um, oops, I'm sorry if that's showing up. So yeah, we have, we have some fun. So like even, so our team for this last study, so both of these ladies will teach, Emily's already taught, um, and Alex will teach one week, but we also have, um, like this younger gal just jumped in, Abby Ashton just jumped in and helped with the editing and studying and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's there's so many people that I'm not going to be able to, to give a full shout out to. Well, it's but not, it's not like a Grammy Awards or something. You don't have to thank every single contributor <laughs> along the way. That's, <laughs> That's okay. so true. That's what I'm trying to do. Anyway, what I was trying to get at is, um, Kate. Yeah, Kate brings the levity and the sarcasm. And um, last spring was her first teaching, and all along the process, she um, was uh, making me laugh with her spicy attitude about how hard it was and whatever. Now, granted, she's like holding a newborn and parenting a toddler, and my kids are at school, so I'm like, why is this hard? This is fine. You're fine. And so uh, I think it's okay for me to say Kate was nervous for her first teaching, which would be expected. But then after the teaching, what did you say, Kate? What did you say in the follow-up email to me? That I'll never do it again. That is not what you said. <laughs> Try again. That I wanted to do it again. I don't remember. You said it like all in I caps have, and that I you loved it. Tonight. Oh, yeah. There's that. I loved it until you asked me to do it again. And now I hate it and I don't want to do it. I think that kind of goes with the territory, to be honest with you. I mean, that I, for me, teaching the Bible is this constant love hate relationship where it is, I almost feel like, and maybe you guys sense this as well, it's kind of God tyrannizing me. Like, mm. gave me this gift that I have to steward, gave me this passion to have it done. I want it to, I want it to happen. But the process and the nervousness and even standing up in front of people, like I've said a lot of times that it's not like I am naturally a public speaker. In fact, if it weren't for Jesus tyrannizing my cowardly soul, I would never be in public speaking any kind of, you know, so it, it's kind of that love hate relationship where it's super rewarding because you sense that this is what God's calling you to do. But, you know, it's hard work. And you get fearful. Are you that way, Emily? Or do you get nervous before you teach? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely get nervous. I think 
um, once I get into it, then I'm okay. But it's just the initial, initial, I mean, we always talk about the analogy of preparing, sorry, Jeff, but preparing a teaching to being pregnant and just like at the end, you're just, you're frustrated and you don't want to do it. You're scared you're done. But then, um, but then you get right before that. You're like, all right, let's just, let's just do this. I'm excited. Here we go. And then, um, afterwards you, yeah, you just, I think it's just so encouraging to know that, um, that your words are totally used even more than we'll ever know. Um, but, but I did, sorry, I want to go back to two spaces to, um, kind of, I remember the, the beginnings of a whisper of women's ministry at Veritas before anything existed. And this was just a few years in, I think, and um, enough women were starting to say, you know, we, we need a women's ministry. Where's our women's ministry? And I, I loved, and I'll never forget. I mean, almost every time um, Mark's response would just be, go for it. Like (laughs) if you want to do it. And Honestly, I loved, I loved that answer because it set the stage for it not to be a transaction of like, we come and we get something and then we leave, but he set the stage for it to be organic. And then Rebecca came along and said she would lead that. And so, um, I just, I love the very beginnings of how women's ministry was framed and, um, now how it's kind of filled in through the years has been sweet to see that's cool that's cool well and it does take a leader to to pull this together so when god did bring rebecca which that precedes my time so now i'm kind of reaching into somebody else's history i guess but but it it took god raising up rebecca to be that catalyst right for the rest of you guys then to be able to be raised up and um Mm -hmm. so it's it's been incredibly cool i want to bring it down now to so not only do you guys um, help create the teaching and then sometimes stand up there and teach, but now I want you to go to those times that you're actually just sitting in a room with some of the women who are now just receiving this, okay? Um, just from your perspective right now in 2020, what what's like the, I don't know, the the temperature in the room? What How, how are the women of Veritas um, yeah, where are they at in their need for this? Um, what what's what's just the pulse on the receiving end once it gets now into that place where it's actually being communicated to the women in your living room? Because this this year especially, you guys are having to decentralize with COVID and everything. You guys are decentralizing meeting all over the place. What what are you guys finding out there? Go ahead, ladies. <laughs> it's a loaded question. Um, I, I can even start to give you a moment to think of an answer because I can just tell you from my wife's perspective, <laughs> mm-hmm. so Teresa have, used to be uh, really, really into um, what, what studies did she do, Rebecca? She did precepts. Precepts. There it is. The word was escaping me. Precepts. So really woman of the word love, loved all, all those years of doing precepts. She is saying this year using the study of Mark that you guys created and sitting with these, I think four, five, something women, Teresa has said her own journey of learning the gospel of Mark all over again. And then sitting with these women who are pretty much all new to her is like bringing her back to like the most pure discipleship, the most pure kind of Christian religion that she's had in a very long time. She is just delighting in every, every part of it. And uh, so anyway, but what are your answers? What, what are you guys thinking? Um, yeah, I think for me, the group that I meet with is we're all really young moms. Um, and so with COVID in 2020, it kind of has taken away a lot of the protected time, I guess you could say, that we had to devote to spending time in the word and studying together. Um, you know, church was virtual for a very long time and then outdoors and even in the with the most well-behaved infants and toddlers it's still very hard to focus the entire time because they are demanding um and then 
having, you know, women's study, we didn't get to do once um, it wrapped up, like we didn't do a summer study, we were just studying through the Psalms. And so it's just, we didn't have those Tuesday mornings where the kids were with people other than us and distracted and having fun to be able to devote time together. And so I think it's just brought back a lot of accountability um, and just rejoicing in God's word because it's been um, a difficult season for us, I would say, with just being at home with very small children, just to carve out protected time to be able to really study God's word because you're not guaranteed early mornings because people can wake up and you're not guaranteed evenings after bedtime because you're so exhausted if you're getting up in the middle of the night. So Kate, are you, are you meeting in person with your women that you're, you're meeting in person? And that, I was just going to say, has that been welcomed also? You were talking about the isolation and the being at home. Has that been a welcome thing to be able to meet in person? Yeah, it has. Um, So we have been alternating Um, every other week we meet during the day. Um, We tried to get outside before it got too cold um, so that the kids were around and they could try to play together. And then um, on the off weeks, we meet in the evenings after bedtime. So that way we can really have Mm. intentional conversations and um, not have the extra distractions of the kids. And it's been really good. Cool. So Emily, how about you? How's your experience been? Yeah, I um it's funny you asked, I think what what do you think the temperature yeah. is? Yeah. Um I feel like this year more than ever, and maybe this is just my perspective, but before starting the study, I was more nervous to be a leader of a small group than ever before because I sense a lot of opinions in the crowd. You know, there's so much to have an opinion on right now. And um I think it's I what I sense is kind of like this tightening like everyone trying not to share their opinion but everyone has one and it's boiling and um but what's been encouraging is that the reminder that the word of God is the only thing that can unify us and so um it's it's a breath of fresh air to just be okay I mean I think there's a time and place to talk about those things, but it's not the focus and it doesn't need to be because we can all still be unified mm-hmm. and be one body and one group learning and encouraging each other in Christ because we're unified in Christ despite our thoughts and opinions on the world right now. Yeah. Um, so and that you, has you been good. Like, I was going to say, don't you feel like if it was more of a free for all, if it was more just coffee time with, Emily, all good. The the lion's share of the time would be on strongly, you know, held opinions being voiced or whatever. But the fact that you have a real purpose in getting together now to go through the gospel of Mark or whatever, all of a sudden those other things kind of fade into their like proper place and perspective and right. God and his word is front and center. And that's actually really cool. Yeah. And like, not that those things don't matter, but that's not where our allegiance is, you know? And so, yeah, it's been cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Rebecca, speak to, to just, maybe there are some people uh, viewing this, checking this out that don't, either they're Veritas women or outside of Veritas (laughs) or whatever, or men, just people jumping in on this. Um, that aren't part of something like this, right? What would you say there, there might be something like, that just sounds awesome. Okay, <laughs> so now what, what would you tell them, you know? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna speak to the men cause I have no idea what they need or think, <laughs> but um, I would say that uh, women's, women's ministry, in my opinion, should always, um, what should drive the train is Bible study Um, because anything else uh, doesn't have tracks to run on. So I, I actually feel like, uh, you know, mentorship programs uh, are very often set up to fail because uh, it's, 
it's putting relationships into into systems that can they can work, but they um they can put a lot of pressure on the women on both sides of the relationship. Uh, an event based women's ministry. Uh, I like how Emily said it. It's like a transaction or you know like please entertain us or please be our stress reliever or our fun or whatever and and it'll sound idealistic but it's the thing that I love when people have come to me and said hey I want to make friends I say hey great come to bible study sign up for bible study they say hey can you pair me up with mentor and I say come to bible study and you'll sit in a small group and you'll get lots of mentors (laughs) and you can maybe even do some mentoring but really it's it's the word that that disciples us so I would say, and, I, and I've had lots of conversations um, with people from other towns, you know, like follow-up stuff from conferences and stuff. And, and they'll say, so how do we start a women's Bible study? Um, and I think that it is, you know, there are good studies out there that you can start with and just fill your living room. So like you said, this year we are decentralized. So for years we have had everyone comes to church on either Sunday night or Tuesday morning. And it's everyone together with like, you know, small group for 45 minutes and then live teaching for 45 minutes. Well, we're not doing that this time. Um, and it's just like taking us back to bare bones. It's taken us back to the li- living rooms or a couple zooms. And it just has, it's, it's not as easy in some ways, but it's working. So I would say if you don't have this, then you just start by filling your living room and get a good quality study. So it's not just coffee and chat time. Um, it's, and it should, I would say it shouldn't be topical. Grab, grab a Jen Wilkins study to start with. Um, I mean, you can or contact us. a Rebecca Johnson study. Yeah. 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 I found a typo yesterday, so I feel a little hesitant. <laughs> okay. But wait, so, so as long as, as long as I've distracted you, what's, <laughs> and then I'm going to ask, the other two participants to jump in here as well of the studies that you have written. Okay. Which one's your favorite? Which one do you feel like for your own soul, which, which of the studies that you guys have done benefited your own soul the most? Um, the next one we're going to write. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that to just say every single one, it's like, I've never opened up the word and I'm, it's just like this fresh love and wonder. Huh. And I, I really have loved each one more than the one before it um, because it's, it's so fun to both become more familiar with the word, but to feel like each time you're, di- you're mining for deeper treasures, mm. like, oh my goodness, we can go here and we can go here. And, um, you know, Jeff, your classes, I mean, so now I'm, I'm part of Veritas School of Theology and it is, I can't believe how much I don't know. And I love it. And I'm so excited to mm to learn more every single week and to, to read better books and stuff like that. So, um, it's intimidating having you in there. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm sorry. I do. I have a hard time keeping no. my eyebrows up in it's, like a receptive way, but I'm receiving it. I just look, Matt says, no, no, you don't make it hard to have you in the room. It's that you bring so much into the room. Um, that it, no, it's, you're not intimidating. Yeah. It's a joy because you yeah. are a lifelong learner. Yeah. So I'm going to, so that with the other two, you can you can pick your own adventure. Either tell me the study that you've enjoyed the most, or if kind of like Rebecca, they've all had. Then I want you to switch and pick option two, which is in this current study, what has been something that has really especially so either another study in its total or something specific from this journey through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, what has especially like comes to mind as impactful? So, Emily, how about you? You want to start us off? Yeah. Um, so for Mark, I'll choose the second option because okay. I'm on the other side that Kate's on where I've already taught. So now I'm just like excited to talk about it more. So, um, so I almost, I pretty much rewrote my entire teaching a few days before I was supposed to give it because I, the part that has stuck out to me, I think throughout the entire book of Mark, it's, and this is true. I mean, for so much of the Bible, but Um, there's all these like glimmers of clues almost. And, um, it almost seems that from chapter one on, I told Rebecca, it's like, it's like God is saying to the disciples, like, do you, do you see it yet? Like, do you see who Jesus is? Do you understand yet? And it's just this like, um, compassionate guiding throughout the entire book. But in the section, oh, like chapters five through eight or something, I, um, 
I, you know, you're always taught about how Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice, right? Like he replaced the sacrificial system or redeemed it. Um, but I've never spent too much time thinking about how Jesus redeemed the whole idea of um, like Old Testament purity, or I don't know what you'd call it. I don't know what the theological term is, but the whole idea of like what makes you unclean and what makes you clean and what you have to do to be clean and, and how he, I've never spent too much time in that. So I love how, um, if I understood this right, the most, you know, unclean thing was a corpse and then, or touching a corpse. And so how, how Jesus became that and, but that didn't make him unclean and it didn't make anyone else unclean and the exact opposite it gave them life. And so just, and there's all the, all the little details. I mean, I love how, I love how God knows exactly how to turn us around, you know, like exactly how to um, wake us up and say, Hey, do you see it yet? And then does this like huge thing, but in all these little ways, um, so that was new and refreshing for me to, to see that. And, and I loved, I loved that. And I love just how that's the whole point is, is your uncleanliness is what makes you run to Jesus. Like, like the, um, or gosh, the bleeding woman. Um, like that's, that was the whole point. Right. Is, and I love Jesus response throughout the whole book too. Sorry, I'm just rambling now, but how, um, <laughs> How it's not like, you know, his, his response is often, yeah, I know, I know you're, you're unclean. I know the, the waves are crashing, but what I've been waiting for, what my heart breaks for is for you to run to me and to like, want to come to me because it's those things that make you want to come to me. So, you know, you, you can study the Bible your whole life, but it's all these things that can just be new and refreshing. So that's been sweet for me in the book of Mark. That's awesome. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> All right, Kate, how about you? Yeah, um, I'll answer number one. Okay. Uh, question one, what study has been my favorite so far that Rebecca has written? And um, I think what has been the study that I needed the most um, was Jonah. Um, so most people on here probably don't know me or my story, um, but my husband is a full-time engineer and We've been kind of planning our whole lives based off of our careers as a nurse and an engineer and what that could mean for our family, what, when we had children, like what that would look like. And um, he came to me when I was seven and a half months pregnant with our daughter um, and told me that he wanted to enroll in seminary and pursue ministry um, as a career. Um, and I was very resistant to that and kind of had a Jonah moment where I was um, running from God and turning away and trying to my best to hide from that and avoid it. And Jonah was just, it kind of came in at the exact time that I needed it. Um, and God just used that to really soften and change my heart um, to where, I mean, by the end, I mean, several things had happened within our life, but by the end of that study, I called my husband and told him like, I'm in 100%. You know, we don't know what's gonna happen. He's still in school, he's still an engineer and he could use his education in many different ways, but if, God leads us to the path where he gives up engineering full-time and goes into ministry full-time and things change because of that, I will 100% support him. So that was just a very timely study for me. You know, you know what I loved too, as, cause I remember our, that first conversation where I met Isla very well. And, uh, you, though you were resistant in your heart and soul, you were so honest about it the whole time. It wasn't like you were going to, uh, it wasn't a rebellious heart. It was a hard thing for you to internalize. It was a hard major shift from mm -hmm. the aspirations you had and everything else. And I just remember coming away 
so encouraged by the way that you were approaching it with just transparency and honesty and so you know and so i love how god's continued that journey in your heart and soul and um it's very cool okay here's the last question and man i had this whole lit remember this list remember yeah. that yeah well <laughs> that's where that's gone <laughs> uh haven't stuck by the script here's what i because i know all all three of your husbands and maybe you're going to think this is self-serving or something. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, I would love for you guys to just say, what is the one, and this is like the seriously, like 30 second to one minute answer. Okay. What's the one thing about your respective husband that you really respect, that you, you really are grateful for, for what, what your husband brings, brings to you in a completing kind of a way. Okay. So I'm going to give you a second. I see you guys thinking. So Rebecca, I'm going to start with you. What What do you think? Yeah. Um, I married the best cheerleader ever, which is funny because he was a mascot. So technically I was, he was just I didn't even think about that. But uh, oh, man, 30 seconds. I have such a story about just, yeah, I planned. To, yeah, that's going to be too long. Matt, of course, is a good sounding board, which all three of our husbands have to hear a lot of versions of talks or like if we're excited about stuff. Um, but Matt is just so much godlier than me. I mean, he's just so humble that I just, I feel like he lifts me up all the time. And, um, and just is okay, like just taking this back seat. And I just want to scream to everyone like, no, this guy is, is, is the winner. Like he's the one who has the mind of Christ and, and he loves people so sincerely. And I, you know, I can actually have just this one very, 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 very clear memory. Pretty much the, the week we started dating, um, he was a brand new Christian and I was so severely legalistic and prideful and, and overchurched. And I was talking to this new friend with beautiful blue eyes, um, about this depression I was going through. And I looked up at the coffee table, looked at him and, you know, I half expected some Bible verses to come back across the table because that's what I would give someone, but he was crying. And I was like, oh, hmm. wow, that's Jesus with skin on. And uh, yeah, it changed me forever. So I crushed him hard after that. And then we got <laughs> So that continues. I mean, just nothing but yeah. just grace and mercy. And he leads by example. When I just want to give sermons and words, he lives it out. Mm. Wow. Cool. Kate, how about you? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about Sean is that he follows Jesus faithfully, no matter what. And I, where I tend to create my own ideas and plans. Um, Sean is just always has his eyes on Christ and, um, but he gently leads me, um, really well. And he, he never comes at me trying to lecture me or preach to me or make me a better Christian. He leads me in a way that is patient and gentle and loving and just shows me Christ every day in the way that he does that. Um, and I just, I appreciate it a lot because I feel like um, submission is something that I struggle with. And if he were to come in any different approach, I think I would be really resistant and could easily turn away. But just, he knows me so well that the way that he approaches me and leading me as a wife is just incredible. It's mm, beautiful. Cool. All right, Emily. Um, yeah, Lance is, I would say he is probably the most patient person I know and always assumes the best. And I didn't realize I assumed the worst until I married him. And, um, and I like, I'm a pretty laid back person, but um, next to Lance, I am a ball of anxiety because he's just such a chill guy. And where that plays out, I think is he, he just has a, um, a huge heart to, to bring everyone in. And I think 
you have to have patience and assume the best if you really want to bring everyone to the table. And um, an example, which this was a few years ago and we vowed not to tell anyone, but I think it's okay now. Um, so I'll just do it on Zoom. Um, totally. What could possibly go wrong? Well, this is just an example. I, I have to like, <laughs> so if I'm driving and I see anyone homeless, homeless standing with a sign, if Lance wasn't married to me, he would literally pick them up and probably bring them home. And he did when he was single. And so then he married me and I said, no, I can't do that. I can do a lot of things. I can't do that. Um, so a few years ago, I saw a, like a boy and a girl, they were younger. And I was like, oh, if I call Lance about this, I know. So, but I called him and I mean, I didn't even finish my sentence. And he said, okay, I'm on my way. And he picked him up and picked up a piece of pizza or like a thing of pizza and brought him to our house and it was the night of our connection group of all things <laughs> so our connection groups at our house this couple is eating pizza and anyway they ate pizza and then we took them to a hotel for the night and gave them like coats and mittens but that's just i wouldn't have ever done that if i wasn't married to lance and so i just love that there's no filter for him there's no like questions mm. or or um or assuming the worst it's just it's just, um, you're a child of God and you need something. You're, you're welcome at the table too. So I've learned so much from that, from him. It's really encouraging to hear you guys say that because you're all three strong women of faith and character. And there's a reason that you're, you're leading, you're leading by example and, and people want not just to hear you teach a great lesson. They want to follow your your lead your your walk of life that's that's what leadership is right and i know for you guys particularly that god has also given you some some just great life partners in those husbands and it's it's just fun to see that just play out you know and that's what god's church needs so desperately is just examples of two strong individuals being able to come together and form this new even better thing because you're together on that journey and, and that's what you guys have. So that's that's really beautiful to hear. So guys, we probably should wrap this up at some point. Seems like we we really didn't get to some of the nitty gritty stuff and all that, but um, I would love to just have the privilege of praying over you guys and, and your ministry because it's, it's worth it. And really even what Rebecca said earlier, for any of you guys tuning in that don't have the opportunity to be uh, with the Veritas Women Bible study, you really should check out Rebecca's materials and studies. And they, if, if you're just looking for a place to start, I am saying hearty recommendation to jump in. And even this Mark study that's going on right now, just could they do that, Rebecca? Could they even now just like get, how would they do that? Give, give a shout out. Like if somebody wanted to get a hold of your stuff, how would they do that? And how would they jump in? Uh, okay. You're one of my bosses. So I'll just answer your question. Um, all of our past studies are on our website, go to veritascommunity.org and on the women's page, you should find all like our past, what, four studies are up there. And, and, just... and even the PDF, like for the PDF, actual, yep. the PDFs are there. Um, Mark isn't up there yet. Um, but you can email and we can send it to you. Yeah. Or we have them available, like pre-made to buy at church. So for people who, yeah, and we have um, like pre-made copies of the most of our past studies too. Cool. But really studies are not just be in your word, be in the word of God and, and be okay with slow and steady and building in patience and loving um, the God of the word. That's what I would say. But they're great tools to help people do that. Sometimes we need a little helping hand mm -hmm. to get there. And I think they're great at that. So, all right. I'm going to pray for us. Okay. Yeah. God, thanks for incredible women of God that you have blessed uh, our church family with. And I, I pray for them that they would uh, just flourish in their own walk with you because as they do, um, they become great examples and great sources of hope and truth and grace and compassion um, for so many others. Um, 
bless them also with their families and there's all sorts of things going on in our culture and COVID and all sorts of things they're having to navigate. So give them wisdom so that they can not only navigate these waters for themselves, but each uh, of them have an opportunity to help others also in these, uh, in these days. So thanks for their leadership and we love you, Lord, in Christ's name, amen. Guys, thanks a ton. Been a blast <laughs> hanging with you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Right. Thanks. thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.